Good evening and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean. I'm your co-host Austin. And I am your other co-host Adrian. I always am in the middle of saying good evening, but while I'm thinking, I should probably say something different than good evening, but I don't think it'll ever change. Because Uh, most people may not be listening to this in the evening. Regardless, good evening. Do people listen to podcasts in the evening? I don't know. Some people probably do. I mean, you can listen to podcasts whenever. Okay. <laughs> Though I guess it's it's not really a question of can you. It's uh, if they do. Dad, I'm sure, sits around listening to podcasts to the wee hours of the morning. I don't know if he does, but maybe. Well, anything exciting happen in the life of Adrian this week? Um, yes. Um, so, as we talked about, we were on vacation last week. And as I was driving home from vacation on Saturday, I was, so it was raining, because it was raining pretty much all of, all week. And so mm-hmm. it was raining as I was going back. And I was going through Worcester, Mass, which is a terrible Spell place to an, drive. With an... Like all kinds of extra letters. Yep, it's it's difficult to pronounce. I'm probably still like pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, it's a city. Oh, how many people live there? I have no idea. It's it's fairly sizable though, as as far as Massachusetts goes. How many Whole Honestly, Foods does really it know. have? How many Whole Foods does it have? Yes. Probably one. Hmm, I have a hard time believing that. I mean, I don't really know if I could name the second largest city in Massachusetts. Oh, I have no idea. But I mean, like, when I think about the second largest city in Massachusetts... It's still Boston. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everything is just a suburb suburb of Boston. Basically, all of New Hampshire is a suburb of Boston. Right. Well, other than the forest. Yeah, but nobody lives there. Right. Anyways, so anyway, you're driving through Worcester. I, I was driving through Worcester, which is a terrible place to drive, and there was a lot of traffic, like normal. And it was raining, and we were coming down, we were like going down this hill towards a bridge, and these people in front of me stopped very suddenly. Mm. So I had to stop very suddenly. Did not stop suddenly enough, and I also think that since it was wet, I was sliding, so I'm sliding, sliding, sliding. And in order to avoid hitting the car in front of me, I swerve off the road, and now I'm driving in the grass. And because the the road is coming towards a bridge, yep. the guardrails come closer together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my car poof, hits the side of the guardrail. And at this point, I am very... I, I, it wasn't that hard of a crash. Um, That's good. The, the airbag didn't go off. But I'm like, well, this is bad. Um, hopefully I can get, at this point I'm like still two hours from home. So I'm like, what do I do? So I'm like stuck on the side of the, and this is on the left side of the road too. It's not even like on the right side of the road. Oh. And I can't so you, see any. you massively swerved. No, I was in the left lane. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, it's like a divided road. It was like a highway. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I guess I should have stated that from the beginning. Um, but anyways, so, like, I'm right up against this guardrail, so I have to, like, it's raining, roll down my window, like, stick my head out the window to try to see if the front of my car has been destroyed. 
it looks fine. Um, so I turn the car on, get back into the road and drive a little mm -hmm. bit. I'm like, oh, this seems like I the think you're supposed driving. to call the police, though. No, because then it like goes on your record, and then your insurance goes up. And I like, said you're supposed to call the police, not you. Sh uh, you should okay. call the police. In in this, I wouldn't have. In this instance, I nobody else was involved. It was yep. just me. Um, I could drive away. There was no need to. Let no. anybody know. No. Um, so I drive. Worcester is the second largest city in Massachusetts, Woo! by the way. Got that guess one what's, right. Guess what's the eighth largest employer in Worcester? Polar. Celtic. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Ring, 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 ring. Winner. I am on fire. Wow. Um, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyways, so I'm driving. And my car is still running at this point, so I'm like, this is great. It's probably fine. But at this point, I realize that my steering wheel has turned about, like, 20 to 30 degrees off center mm. in order for me to drive straight. So I'm like, this That seems is bad. bad. Um, so I'm like, maybe, look, maybe it's just an alignment issue. Anyways, I need to wrap this story up. Long story short, I drive for I don't know how many more miles, get to a rest stop, pull over in the rest stop. At this point, I call Dad. And I'm just like, hey, this is what happens. They're also still driving home. Um, and decided, we determined, yeah, you can probably drive on. It's fine. So I drive the rest of the two hours back to my house. Nobody else, no other further incident. Take it to the shop this week. Find out that my, like, left strut has been pretty much compromised. Um, and then there's also some issues with the radiator. So I could fix it. But my car is older than, almost as old as you are, and so it's really not worth me or the listener. You, okay. <laughs> but maybe the, depending <laughs> on who the listener is, probably. Um, and so it's it's not you know worth putting money into that yeah. car any longer. So I now have to buy a new car, which is frustrating because I was not planning on buying a new car, and now what I have to. So what kind of car are you getting? Um, it's probably going to be a Subaru, just so I can oh, yeah. officially become a New Englander. Although, Hashtag somebody, told me, the, New England. <laughs> somebody told me the other day that, um, yeah, <laughs> New York is North not New, New York, England. fake New England. Um, somebody told me the other day that Subarus are actually, um, more from, like, Washington State, not actually New England. Which, Lies. They're from, like, well, Sweden. No, like, anyways... Like, people are known for driving Subarus. No, they're wrong. Have Washington. they ever been to New England? Yeah, they live in New England, actually. And his wife <laughs> is from Washington eyes? State. So no. I, open I kind eyes, of people. believe him. Wake he, up, drives a, he drives a Subaru. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, anyways, so I, I'm probably going to end up buying a Subaru. It might even be an Impreza. So we're going to be like oh, Impreza nice. pals. Yeah. Impreza bros. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that fell hard. Yeah. Anyways, that that's pretty much the extent of my week. Although, I, anyways, I don't need to go into that's that. That's a bummer. Mostly. It is I a drove, bummer. I drove back in like two hours. Yeah. And you... uh, I underestimated the time that it would take me to get to Potsdam when I was on the phone with Eleanor. Um, so I'm oh, back no. in New York. Who's, after my, who's Eleanor? After my long sojourn. 
I am back in New York, and I am living in an apartment uh, above an apartment owned by, they're both owned by a woman named Eleanor. She lives in the bottom one. She is 93 years old um, and goes to my church, and now I rent an apartment from her. Nice. Uh, because my former landlord was not old enough at 84, I think. So. And the reason he had to find a new one because he was moving into like, assisted home. living. Yeah. 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 So you just you found an older an older the, land, the average landlord. life expectancy for men is lower than for women. So. Not by 10 years. Not by 10 years. No. Unless you're in Russia, I think. Really? Uh, yeah, because Russian men die a lot from alcohol. I was going to guess deaths. the vodka. <laughs> 50% of, legitimately 50% of early deaths of Russian men are alcohol-related, including just like alcohol poisoning, but also being drunk, passing out, and freezing to death. Wow. So, not good. Anyway... I am back in New York. It's nice. We had a low of like 50 last night. I don't know if you did, but we did. Yeah, we've, really been, nice. we've been getting down there. I have not been able to get to the, the bookstore. The leaves are changing. I can't attest to that. It's not very vaguely. They're okay. stuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and I was at Aldi's today. Uh-huh. And guess what barbecue sauce that I saw at Aldi's? Stubbs. No. Oh, I was hoping to be like four for four already this episode. No. Sweet Baby Ray's. No. It, it, this is like a, a this is vacation related barbecue sauce. Yeah, Sweet Baby Ray's we had. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We had other barbecue sauce. No, we didn't. Yeah, we Stone did. Stone ground. We had dinosaur <laughs> barbecue sauce. <laughs> no They way. had it at Aldi's. And I'm like, Are you this is a New York institution. Let's go. Okay, so, so we, we went to this restaurant in the Q's in the Q's. Um, and it was called like Dinosaurs or something. Something. Or you couldn't get any dinosaur meat, which now in retrospect is kind of a letdown. Though, um, once my amusement park gets up and running, look out the, for meat back uh, on the menu. It, the one that's loosely based on the hit movie and book. Jurassic Park? Yes, but okay. with hunting. Okay, lots of dinosaur steaks. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was like a barbecue place, and they had fantastic barbecue sauce there, which I thought was just like this one restaurant in Syracuse that nobody else had ever I, heard of. I think that is true, <laughs> but they, they brand their barbecue sauce. So it was no the exact same barbecue sauce that we put on those fries. The stuff that we said was like the greatest yeah. barbecue sauce we've ever so, had? So look out for... For Christmas, folks, because y'all are getting barbecue sauce. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Uh, so, all of this to lead to my final point, which is the starting question of this podcast, which is... The <laughs> ambulance Austin are going being to arrested. No, I'm not being arrested. Um, you live much more closer to civilization. Oh, now. my goodness. It's outrageous. There's a streetlight. That shines right into my right into my face as I'm trying to lie down and sleep. And like I didn't even know there was a street at my old place. There wasn't a street at my old place. You literally could not drive past my house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but now we're just on the street not on the street like a hobo yeah, yeah, yeah. um but close Meh. anyways back to the question so the question is should we get rid of home wi-fi so because i moved to this new place and eleanor because she's 93 does not have a computer or internet uh so i had does she to have a cell phone no she doesn't have a cell phone i don't know um so i had to buy my own internet which is a first for for me um nice. so i got a modem i picked it up it was like a three thirty minute drive to this place where i picked up my modem plugged it into the coax Did you cable. buy it or are you renting it i'm renting it i guess Okay. Uh, plugged it into the coax cable coming out of the wall, and the light on my modem shines up, says online. Try to connect to the internet, eh, nothing. Call up Spectrum, which was awful. Uh, actually, it wasn't that bad. They said we we have problems. We can't. You can't connect to the internet. And I said, well, I know that. And they said we're gonna have to send out a technician. Oh no. To to repair your your Wi-Fi or your internet and they say how is Wednesday I'm calling them on Monday and I was like Wednesday like a week from now no this Wednesday okay so three days I went without no I guess Saturday Sunday Monday and Tuesday of this week mm-hmm. I went without home internet um, so the previous week I had gone without internet but I knew going into it that I wasn't going to have internet Mm-hmm. So now I have this four days where I would normally have internet that I didn't. Uh, and it was an interesting experience. And my question coming out of that is, should we just get rid of home Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think... And home, home Wi-Fi, not home internet. Um, because that's, to me, that's an important distinction. Because home Wi-Fi means my phone is connected to the internet all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be a a dedicated thing to go onto the internet, which is what a desktop is. Right. Um, and so, because most of my hobbies, or like my ideal hobbies, are not online, mm-hmm. I had a great time with no internet. Um, I read a lot of books. But, so, my question is, uh, if we're trying to break dependency on internet slash our phones, should we just cut the cable? Well, not really, but just get rid of home Wi-Fi because then you can't get internet on your phone. Yeah, when you first posed this question, my initial reaction is probably like many people's which is, why on earth would we get rid of home Wi-Fi? Um, because we are so very dependent on it. And mm-hmm. so much, it's so integrated that we don't even realize that we use it all of the time. Yeah. Um, for instance, last night, what, what, what was I doing? Why were we looking this up? Oh, I remember. So last night, my roommates were having a Inception watching party. Um, and so they were nice. watching Inception with some people, which I caught the tail end of it and realized this movie is fantastic. Yeah, it is. 
Um, so there's no boahs in the actual movie. Boah. That doesn't. That only happens in the trailers. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm. I'm telling you, it's a little known fact. So have I just like sublimity? Absolutely. Like, Everyone knows them. Inception is boah. So there are like there are organ swells because it's a Hans Zimmer score. Right. It's not like right. a horn blast like it is in the in the trailer. But everyone That's thinks incredible because that was that was such a good trailer. Everyone made that trailer for the next like four or five years. Because literally, I watched it. I watched <laughs> it last night, and if you would have asked me, I would have said it's definitely in there. Anyways, this isn't the point. The point is. Me and my roommates were talking about it afterwards, and we were talking about Christopher Nolan movies. And mm-hmm. My roommate was like, "Did Christopher Nolan make av- direct Avatar?" And I was like, "No, he didn't." At this point, I was brushing my teeth. So this is the point I'm trying to make. I then proceeded, as I'm brushing my teeth, to look up who directed Avatar on my phone. The only way you can do that is if you have Wi-Fi, unless you're some kind of I I don't know if I want to say that. If you have just, like, a pile of books about everything? <laughs> no, I was going to say if you're one of those people in a much... I was going to say this in a in potentially insulting way. If you're mm-hmm. one of those people that likes to walk out of the bathroom while you're brushing your teeth and do things in the world that's not the bathroom, you shouldn't do this, by the way. Always stay in the bathroom when you're brushing your teeth. That's mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those people who likes to wander while they brush their teeth and can go to a desktop and look it up. But... With not home, just in a home. pile of books about directors. <laughs> not, no. <laughs> um, but with in-home Wi-Fi, I can do everything from the comfort of my own bathroom. Mm-hmm. Who is the director of Titanic? Um, Cameron. James oh, Cameron, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Did you say that, I t- that Titanic? He is he's the also awesome director, director of Avatar. Of Titanic. Yeah. And Avatar. Um, where was I going with this? That was an example Anyways, of how that was an example we are on of, Wi-Fi. Yes, yes. And so I didn't, it didn't really matter if I knew the director of Avatar or the fact that I could do it from the bathroom while brushing my teeth. But we can do that because I didn't even think about it because it was like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, so the question is, should we get rid of home Wi-Fi? I'll, I'll give you an example from my own experience of moving sure. into an apartment. Um, and not have, it's very similar of not having Wi-Fi for the first, like, week. Um, so when I moved into this place... Uh, a year ago at this point um we also were waiting for our wi-fi to get hooked up mm-hmm. and it took about a few days to a week and i will say what that did i live with roommates so what that did was that it forced us to do things more together i think mm-hmm. um so for instance most evenings instead of us well, now it's different i mean you know we have wi-fi and a lot of the times we are you know in our own rooms doing our own thing I would argue probably because of our Wi-Fi. But before, we would just go, we would all hang out in the living room and watch The Office, which I had on DVD, mm-hmm. which is now something we didn't, we don't really do anymore. And I believe that that was because we didn't have Wi-Fi. So we were all kind of like, oh, I guess we'll just hang out with each other instead of doing the things that we would do on Wi-Fi yeah. in the yeah. privacy of our own, own room. So as you, as after the initial shock of like, oh, yeah, of course we need home Wi-Fi, kind of wore off. I was like, you know, we probably would, like, hang out and do things more with people if we didn't have Wi-Fi all the time. I would read a lot more books. Which or, is pretty impressive because you already I read, read a lot. I read a lot of books. 
yeah, wait for recommendations, folks. I, I know. <laughs> when you said I read a lot of books this week, I almost said something about, like, oh, my, his recommendations we've, yeah, are going to be a laundry cut, list. We've got to end this, like, real early. Just, but, uh, save, just save them for, like, next week or something. But I actually went to a uh, a graduate student cookout, which was mm-hmm. rained out, so it was inside, so I couldn't find it for a long time. Nice. Uh, but I was there, and I was I'm sitting there, and someone's like, Austin, you usually leave like right away from these things, and I'm like, oh, I've got like I've got nothing else to do, and like mm-hmm. literally, I I had, oh no, I had, I was in the I was just about to finish this book, which I said they were keeping me from, but I went to this barbecue anyway. But after that, like I was like, oh, I finished this book. Now what do I do? It's, mm-hmm. it's nighttime. I've just got one lamp in this room. I'm not going to start another book at like 9.30. Right. So, uh, for me, the biggest, like, counterpoint that I could see is, uh, I guess from my own personal experience, just uninstall email from my phone, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't think I... That would... Uh, yeah, email is like one of my favorite things to do on my phone and one of my least favorite things to have on my phone. Mm-hmm. Because it's really convenient, and I like when people email me, I want to be able to see it. But then people email me all the time, and I feel like I have to respond at like on a Saturday. I responded to the emails that I had gotten in the week that we were on vacation, even mm-hmm. though no one was, no one else was gonna. I mean, people were gonna see them. Actually, I emailed a military email, so he was definitely not going to see it until Monday. But I emailed him on Saturday anyway because I have I feel like I need to be a good email correspondent because I ha- I see these emails all the time. Mm-hmm. So should I just get rid of email? Um, but to to your point, I don't live with roommates, so mm-hmm. not having Wi-Fi. Though I did go to this barbecue thing doesn't force me to engage with or doesn't make more available interactions with other people but okay so i mean yes for your situation personally but do you think it would in general so like if we're asking the question in general should we get rid of in-home wi-fi do you think it would have that effect even for you personally if yeah i think so i was even thinking about it in terms of like having tvs in your rooms which was like a huge thing of debate for us mm-hmm. when we were in like middle school middle school it, it, like what for us it was just no not gonna happen looking at you parents who now have a tv in your room yeah it's true um but many people uh, when we were young spry lads had uh <laughs> tvs in their rooms and people and so this is especially neil postman is the greatest uh decrier of things like this now mm-hmm. just he just hated tv in general i think um but saying if you have a it's tv in your idea. room you'll just be held in your room doing your own thing you won't interact with the family um and that that's what now is reality for everyone mm-hmm. on their phones mm-hmm. all the time in their rooms Every, like all rates of teenagers going out and having fun have decreased sharply since 2007, which is when uh, a more than 50 half, of... yes, 
of I America. I think we talked about this stat last time. 2007 is a great. 2007 is a great year in so many ways because it's it's the recession and it's 50% of people having smartphones. Because I was just Isn't reading that- an article about the decline in people enrolling in humanities. And it, uh-huh. phew, that 2007, 2008, everything just phew, starts just to plummet. Isn't that also when the first iPhone came out, 2007? I don't know. For some I, reason that is is what my mind is telling me, but I could be wrong. We'll find out. So why 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 is was there like this resistance to in room TVs, um, but not in home Wi Fi? Is it just because it's so convenient? I think it it probably is just not. It, you don't think about it. You don't think about. The in-home Wi-Fi is not something where it's like, okay, here's a physical thing that I'm putting in my room and I can understand the effects of. I mean, it um, is a physical thing. It's putting it's out like, waves and stuff. You just can't see them. That, that, exactly my point. You can't <laughs> see it. Hey, it is. Wow. The first iPhone came out on my... How old am I? 12th birthday. In 2007? Yeah. Nice. I'm glad that I got that right. Well, Adrian, you were on fire. <laughs> I am on fire tonight. Well done. Um, but anyways, where was I going with that? So I don't think that we really thought about Wi-Fi. When did Wi-Fi start? Because I don't really remember. Do you remember a time where it was like, oh, yeah, Wi-Fi? I, I don't remember the transition to in-home Wi-Fi at all. It was not... It wasn't like a thing that people were upset about. It was. It just kind of like, happened. But like I can remember when we switched from dial-up to high-speed internet. Right. But I can't remember when that we got. That was a magical time. Yeah, I don't remember when we got Wi-Fi. I don't either. Like uh, maybe that was after we were in. There's no way that was when we were in college, was it? Who I don't. Knows? I didn't have but a like, phone that could use the internet until I was in college. Again. My point is that, like, y- you, we, it's not really a thing that we thought about, I don't think. I think it was just yeah. kind of like, here, oh, yeah, like, Wi-Fi, it's great. It's Yeah, just I felt here, like it, it wasn't a debate. It was just right. a, oh, this is great. Right. Which but is then weird, it... because that happens for, like, no, no technology, I feel like, is not a debate. Right. And and people, I don't think there's anybody out there who says that Wi-Fi is a bad thing. I think everybody says we need more Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, Google and Facebook, who are, I'm glad people are seeing them as more villains. That's good. Um, which may be biased, but they're like, let's just fly blimps around that have Wi-Fi. Um, and I like I like the idea that everyone. Has, should have access to the internet but do we need endless access to the internet right and and uh, the idea yeah and the idea of just data like uh, data on your cell phone you don't even need wi-fi anymore because you can get data wherever you are mm-hmm. um is again kind of an idea that just isn't isn't really questioned 
I think we're moving even more towards the people are starting to question I think cell phones in general but like that was also not really a question either in some ways well yeah. maybe a little bit um but I don't know I don't know why we didn't question it because in reality it's just as bad as the whole TV in your room debate it's worse uh, not worse um yeah because the thing that it that it does is it it even prevents you from being with people that you're physically in the same room with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could right. do that before with texting, I suppose. But like, even more so, people just sit and and on their phones in the same room. Um, so I haven't really answered the question. I've just kind of been elaborating on it. That's um, fine. Probably because I don't really know the answer to the question. Uh, I think, I honestly think it would, things would be healthier if we didn't have home Wi-Fi. Here's, here's another question for you. I agree with that statement. So when I was in South Africa for a week and a half or whenever I was there, yeah. the thing about Wi-Fi in South Africa, and I think other countries as well, is you pay for your Wi-Fi usage. Um, so even if you are, you know, the place we were staying had Wi-Fi, but you had to pay for every bit of data that you were on Wi-Fi. And so for us, everything is free Wi-Fi. You go to a restaurant, you know how all the restaurants here in America have free Wi-Fi everywhere? I do. In South Africa, they do not have free Wi-Fi. You either have to pay for Wi-Fi or like ask for the, the code or whatever. And, and, um, do you, so do you think that by making us pay for our Wi-Fi would help this issue at all? Um, I mean, I would definitely use Wi-Fi less, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think that gets, that more gets the question of, is it about availability or is it about um, trying to moderate your own usage? Because I, to me, getting rid of home Wi-Fi is like a choice that I would make to moderate my internet usage. Right. Not like cutting myself off from the internet at all. So I think if there was a if like pay if there's a pay floor for Wi-Fi, does that keep people out? of the internet right so i like it would help me to moderate my internet usage but at what cost Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no that's fair i was thinking of it as a way of monitoring or limiting how much i would use but you're saying it's limiting other people i feel like it, that would be internet. more of a limit to availability. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But yeah, like it, it's it's it was kind of nice in some ways to like, okay, I'm at home. I can get texts, and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. And to like, more remove myself from getting emails from Clarkson or someone emails me. Hey, look at this paper. I don't even know that I'm supposed to go look at that paper until I'm actually at work. Right. 
and and I think too like we the one thing that I so we got the whole all of last week when we were on vacation we didn't have any access to our cell phone service or anything mm-hmm. so coming back it was almost overwhelming to all go from a week of nothing to now being like being able to be reached at all hours of the day um and it kind of was just another like way or it was is a very i guess it's easy to think about how we're so attached to our communication but that was a, a way of showing to me it was like wow like everything that I quote-unquote missed while I was gone, a lot of it didn't really, like, hold that much weight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, like, just kind of, like, struck me. It was like, wow, like, I am so attached to, in a sense, for lack of, for more specific, my in-home Wi-Fi, that I, I don't even realize that most of what I'm doing on it, for instance, looking up who directed Avatar while I'm brushing my teeth, yeah. even matters in the world. Yeah, so, like, like, when you're removed from that, you or you don't realize that none of that matters until you're removed from it. I got a lot of emails, and I responded to three of them in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I would have gotten, like... Like, getting an email affects you physiologically every time you get an email. And now I just got them all at once and answered three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to say that emails can't be important or the, that you can't be contacted for important things. Yeah. But that the majority of the time... The majority of the time I was like, hey, this building's hours are this now that it's not the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Clarkson. Um... And I will also say I read a lot of news articles. If you if you haven't put that together from this podcast, I read a lot of news articles. Uh, and so, to be to be removed from reading everything that shows up on the Atlantic for a week, it it was interesting. Like going back and looking at these, and it's like, okay, the news story for last week was Amorosa's book. And that is not a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. But I would have read a lot of articles about Amorosa's book during this week, and that's just that—that's like a nothing story. Mm-hmm. Though I okay, I would have been upset if I had missed this week of news because this that's week of fair. news has been has been bonkers. But yeah. even it's even, even like yeah, okay, this week might be important well, five years from now. Yeah, sure. but like any other week. So far, Most weeks. this year, eh. well, well, and and I think more importantly, not maybe not the weeks, but like the day to day, like the yeah. the one day to the next, like in the long scope of things. Yes, there are things that are happening right now that are probably important or that will have impact in the next five years potentially. But like, do I need to read the story every day about? Comey. Do I need to read the story, or can I, or if I read one story a week, at the end of the week or whatever, am I going to get the same information that I mm-hmm. would um, if I had like read an article every single day? Um, 
yeah, you'll definitely get know. less subtlety. But right. it, like something that I was, I said, we were talking about Charlottesville um, on vacation because mm-hmm. that's just what we do when we're on vacation. Well, and, and it had happened a year ago. Oh yeah, that's true. Vacation. But I was talking about that, like the Boston Massacre happened in 1770. So if I'm reading the news every day, which uh, granted has a much slower news cycle than now, it's like six years between major events. Look, like looking at it from a historical perspective, like like so there's like the Boston Tea Party and the mm-hmm. the intolerable acts and whatever else in between there. But that's like not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a six-year period, so right. like in twenty years, this news probably won't be that important. Which it, it may be a cynical view of the news, but yes and no. I I think it's 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 not necessarily. It, it might be a cynical view, but it's also I think like it's a, like a moderating view, a of better the perspective to have on it because it, it, maybe it's not the news, but maybe it's. Yeah, my emails or texts or Snapchat. Like, that holds even less weight, right? Like, the Snapchats I got, whether they may be great and funny, have almost no weight ever. Um, and so I think the idea is important, that it's, it's, not, it's not about, like, okay, if my life is driven by reading the news every day or just constantly being taking in this information these articles these texts these whatever i think that is something that is is important to realize and an important perspective to have that okay in the grand scheme of things am i concerning myself on a daily basis with things that are going to matter mm-hmm. yeah like i never remember times when i've like on my phone reading news articles like i remember the news articles but it's not like oh wow what a great time i had reading that article about michael cohen like that never happens you have you you have memorable and this is not true of everyone some people have internet friends but i have memorable times not on the internet Mm -hmm. so does not having home wi-fi foster those times where you're not on the internet obviously right right but it and i think i think the because now that you think about it it's like oh obviously like home wi-fi is a detriment to those things but i think i think it doesn't seem obvious right away Mm -hmm. um and so i guess my thought is like just because something makes life more convenient doesn't mean it's a good thing. Right. It, it's like my normal joke about Google. When Google takes over the world, everything will be very convenient, but that that might not be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, no, it, it, it probably won't be a good no, thing. No, I, I have little faith that it would be a good thing. So... In-home Wi-Fi is outrageously convenient, but it's not good because it's con- it's like because it's convenient does not make it good. When did when did can I feel like that's kind of a trend right now? 
that things that are becoming that are are done for convenience are are not necessarily good anymore. But I feel like there was a time where things that were convenient were also good. Like canned food? Or like... Uh, people still like canned food. What am I... Like processed like, food. Like cars, right? Yeah. Like, I, I would say they are convenient and also good. Obviously, they might be bad and are bad for the environment and to an extent. But like, the convenience of not having to walk everywhere Yeah, it's pretty convenient. Good. It, it's both convenient and good. But, like, even our cell phone. Like, our cell phones, I think, are kind of, like, something that's convenient, but maybe not good. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I'm, I'm guess I'm wondering, like, is it is it not necessarily a time, but kind of, like, an item-by-item basis? I yeah. don't know if we need I to also, that. I wanted to draw a distinction between TV and phones. Granted, this is not true for all people who make television shows, but I feel like a lot of people who make television shows, they they want to balance engagement of the audience with like trying to be artful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that balance exists at all with your phone. Like, the, no. the purpose of people making things that you do on your phone is just for engagement. So, I like drawing on that comparison and the moral panic over having TVs in your room. Well, where's all the panic for right for Wi-Fi because phones are just about engagement. Right. And essentially Wi-Fi is just about engagement as well. Right. By extension. So yeah, I don't know. Be concerned people about in-home <laughs> Wi-Fi. Warning, warning. <laughs> we are here to tell you. In-home Wi-Fi, but it's, yeah, that, to me, that's the strangest part. No, like, no, I don't remember anyone yeah. ever saying, no. you shouldn't have Wi-Fi in your house, this is bad. Right. Or, like, in restaurants. Right. Like, there's it, just a no That's a draw. Right. Or, or hotels or anything that always have the signs of, like, we have free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is, it is fascinating. And maybe people didn't care, maybe it was just our family that cared about TVs and rooms, but... I think that's true for a lot of people. Probably. Um, but yeah, nobody nobody really questioned it, and I, I don't know, are there other things that... I, what, uh, yeah, that challenge is for me is like, what do we need to be more cautious about now? It's that idea, again, about convenience versus benefit mm-hmm. is, is is this uh, yeah I, I am more challenged to think now so oh here's something that's convenient but is actually benefiting me i guess yep. you could even argue that cars might not be beneficial because now we don't walk as much so we're fatter yep but i i still think overall they're, they're yeah i think like for production it depends it depends on what like your metric is obviously right. obviously but i have a lot of recommendations so so should we just jump into that i think i think so last note panic uh <laughs> in conclusion panic uh <laughs> unplug your router and cast it from you it's amazing how many times 
I feel like on this po- on this podcast the that conclusion we have is recommend- panic. No, well, maybe, but we have recommended things that will like prevent people from listening to this podcast. It's been, yeah, it's, it has been many times. Though you could download this. Though you we could, have told but, people not to use their phones. Right, but like, remember, like, speaking of downloading things, when was the last time anybody plugged anything into a computer in order to put something on their phone? Oh, never. nobody does that anymore. I, no, that's silly. But even like, what are we gonna maybe, do? Sync our iPod with the, maybe when I was maybe I was old already. But when I was in college, even like four or five years ago, I would plug my phone into my computer to like download apps and Ugh. put music on and do stuff like that. Now nobody even does that. Nobody even has computers. Anyways, Eleanor doesn't have a computer. Well, she's also older than most computers. <laughs> like, she's older than she the is, computer. No, honestly, she's older than every single computer. Uh, it depends on how you define a computer, because, like, Godfrey yeah, Leibniz no, kind no. of invented one in the 1800s. By the way, did you watch the... This is a, a side track. Yeah, it's Whatever, fine. It, one of the... Um, it's either um, Crash Course or something where they did... Uh, Newton, Newton and Leibniz. Yeah, man. Crash okay. Course, Crash Course, uh, History of Science. It's one of my favorite Crash Courses. It's it's fantastic. On that note, let's jump into some more recommendations. Yeah. Austin, do you want to go first, or should I go first? You go for it. Okay, I don't really know what I'm recommending, so I have a couple of things. Um, so, amazingly, I read books. I read one book. While we were on vacation, which, as a metric, is pretty astounding for yeah. me. Um, although it was a young adult novel, so I guess that doesn't really count. I read Paper Towns by John Green, which I have officially gone to the fandom of just yeah. reading John Green books. <laughs> <laughs> I just embraced it. Um, but honestly, it wasn't terrible. Um it was very much a, a young adult novel, um, so if if you're interested in those, go for it. But even as a, I guess I'm still technically a young adult. I don't really understand that. No, the, the young adult is really just secretly it's a just tween. Teenagers, yeah. It's like tween to teen, but they say they call it young adult. Um, so I, I still enjoyed it. Um, there were times where I was laughing. I thought there was humor. There was humor in it. Um, I was intrigued. I kept reading it because I wanted to know the end of the story. And then there was also great John Green moments where I was like, "Wow, John Green is just basically using this character to share his own thoughts," which I guess most authors do. But this seemed more. That is largely the point of books. <laughs> right, and but this seemed more obvious, probably because I probably I have much closer relationship with John Green than I than like. Most you authors. With most authors. Yeah. So, which is interesting to think about, but I'll think about that on my own time. Anyways, so, if if you're interested in young adult type novels, I'd say read it. If you don't really care for young adult type novels, just read Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, specifically the poem Song of Myself, because essentially, Paper Towns is John Green's... Um, Commentary. Commentary and further explanation on 
the song of myself by Walt Whitman in the form of a young adult novel, which again is very much John, very John Greenish. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd also recommend Song of Myself if you. It's long, by the way. It's, it is it, very long. If you're thinking about a poem like Robert Frost or something, you're not going to nope. read it in ten seconds. No, this is a this is a long poem. So get get ready for the long haul. Um, also, if you're a big fan of America and freedom, absolutely, <laughs> and lists, also read Walt. Bittman. Yeah, He's blow great. bugles, blow. <laughs> oh, beat man. drums, beat. <laughs> so good. My other other recommendation. Okay, so I'll make this one quick. For most of my life, I didn't like Five Guys Burgers and Fries because it was the burgers were messy. I don't like things getting on my hands that are messy. It's peanuts Re- all over the floor. Yeah, filthy peanuts. Anyways, i got to wrap this up so Austin can list his 14 million books. So I, I now like Five Guys as of like probably like five years ago or so. Um, but t- this week, I have I did something today that Five Guys I've never done before. I ordered a milkshake, which people have done. I did not know week. they served them. Well, guess what? You need to have one because it was amazing. I had a peanut butter milkshake. It was probably one of the best peanut butter milkshakes I've ever had in my wow. entire life. Can't believe I've waited this long to consume a Five Guys peanut butter milkshake. That's my recommendation for this week. Well, Austin, some news go. about Potsdam. They're putting in a Five Guys just like a hop, skip, and a jump down from my my new apartment. So, Dude, get, get that peanut butter milkshake. Yeah. I don't know about any of their other milkshakes, but... At this point, I don't even know why you'd try anything else because they have peanut butter. So. Yep, fair. Um, I I have a copy of Leaves of Grass that someone else has owned before me, and they are so clueless. <laughs> it. It was kind of comical to read it. Yeah, there are like, there there's sometimes when I like having a used book, where it's like, oh, someone else has like, f- reflected on this, but this person was just like reflected so poorly on it (laughs) um anyway i've got books to talk about so the first book that i read on vacation was the light in the dark by mikhail shishkin and it was great it's amazing um he he is actually alive it's shocking wow yeah uh so this book is about um Two people who are romantically involved, writing letters back and forth to each other. Um, Alexandra is back at home in Russia, and Vladimir, they are very Russian. So look out for that. Vladimir is off in China fighting the Boxer Rebellion, uh, and they're writing letters back and forth to each other. I've been told I shouldn't spoil this book, so... No spoilers, but it's it's a great discussion on on what it means to love someone, uh, what it means to live and die, and yeah, like wh- how do you live your life? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Second book that I read. So this was Zach texted me and said, "Hey Austin, what book should I read for vacation?" And I said, "Crime and Punishment." I don't believe in beach reads. Um, so my beach read for this summer was, uh, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, which is like a 400-page book about, uh, moral psychology. I say it's a summer read 
because lang the word like the individual words aren't important in this book. It's just the the scope of it. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like phew, cruise through that. Um, so it's a great book. He, he talks about interestingly. He was saying in 2012 that politics is too divided, um, and he ne- and he says we need to figure out w- why people believe. The subtitle is like why good people disagree on uh, politics and religion. So he's trying to lay out here are moral frameworks that people have, and that's how they live their lives. And so the way to understand Democrats, if you're a Republican, is think in their moral matrix, he would say. Or if you're a Democrat trying to understand Republicans, you need to think in their moral matrix. And that's how you appeal to them. Um, So it was interesting. Uh, I agreed with a lot of the things he said. So that's helpful for me liking a book. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say his experimental methodology that he opens up the book with, I was like, wow, this guy is, he is firing on all cylinders with this experiment. This is a great experiment, great methodology, great book. It's it's a pretty fun book. He he's he's um for writing a 400-page book about moral philosophy, it doesn't feel like a 400-page book about moral <laughs> philosophy. Uh, and when people want to, f- f- it, yeah, it's not Kierkegaard or like Heidegger or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's a beach read. Third and final book that I read on vacation was hmm. The Fifth Mountain. Oh yeah, The Fifth Mountain. Ugh, I I don't know if I want to recommend this book. Uh, yeah, I have very mixed feelings about it. I can't believe I got that name. Yeah, well done, Adrian. You're wow. on fire still. <laughs> it is by Paulo Coelho or something. If you remember a previous book that I talked about by this author. Uh, was the alchemist, um, and this the the messaging? I like the messaging a little more in this one, but not that much more, because uh, the the message of the alchemist is if you believe in your personal destiny, your personal legend, uh, the universe does all that it can to fulfill your personal destiny. Um, so I'm like, uh, okay. So, The Fifth Mountain is a retelling of Isaiah's, no, Elijah's, yeah, Elijah's time from fleeing Israel, being fed by ravens in the desert, living in uh, Lebanon with that widow mm-hmm. before he comes back to Israel. Uh, so, it's, it's, it's an interesting way to tell that story I don't know if I recommend it Fair. begrudgingly he he's his books are just like weird you don't have to recommend it just cause you read it okay yeah um the fourth book that I read is too scandalous to mention the fifth book was The English Patient by, I have no idea, um, some guy whose name I can't pronounce uh, has a J in it. 
Um, though my name also has a J in it, so uh, we'll find out later. But it's um, I had very high expectations going into this book because it recently won the Man Booker 50 Years in Review Best Book Prize. Uh, so if if you're not familiar with the Man Booker Prize, I have it, no idea what that is. It is the most prestigious award for Commonwealth authors, so people who live in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, India is included, even though they're not really part of the Commonwealth, and Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So, out of the last 50 years of books written by people in those countries, the the Man Booker Institute or something just declared that this is the best book written in the last 50 years. Wow. So, I found it at the at the book sale as I do. Uh and it was good, but like the best book written in the last 50 years? Eh, I don't know. What what won for the 50 years prior? Oh, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they did it for the 50 years prior either. Oh. Uh so the author is Michael Andantage. O N D A A T G J E. So, sorry to Michael. Um, but it's about so the English patient is this guy who is a burn victim that is mm-hmm. being cared for by a nurse called Hannah, and her uncle. It's more like a family friend type uncle. His name is David Caravaggio, which really author. Um, <laughs> Uh, Caravaggio, if you don't know, is a famous uh, Italian painter, and there's this there's this one scene where he's just talking about the contrasting shadows falling across Caravaggio's face. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You know what chiaroscuro is. Congrats. Chiaroscuro, uh, shady. <laughs> no, uh, and uh, so he's trying to get Hannah to stop taking care of the English patient because he's burned all over and is clearly going to die. And then a bomb diffuser named Kip shows up. He's a Sikh from India. Uh, and so they're, they're Canadian. So it's kind of de- like, how do we deal with the end of World War II? Because they're in Italy after the Allies have came through. Mm-hmm. Um and it ends with uh, the end of World War Two. So, like personally, how do you deal with the end of World War Two? As a Commonwealth, how do you deal with the end of World War Two? As a Sikh from India, as Canadian people, etc. Uh, it is written very fluidly. Um, you shift a lot from people's perspectives without much indication that you're doing so, but the author's good enough where it, it doesn't feel like jarring or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is... Sorry, I'm looking at the Golden Man Booker Prize, which is the, the 50th anniversary. The short list... I'm, I'm just, hind, or recency bias with Lincoln and the Barrio, or Bardo, which I have not read, but... I'm skeptical. Anyway. 
I will I will say though, based on based on how you have just described this, what it's about Oh, and oh yeah. The people who it's voting for, it seems like the perfect book because it is a very in, prestige book. In in all honesty, like a lot of the last fifty years has been about how do we move on past World War yeah. Two. And it seems like it seems like it hits characters from all of the groups that would be a part of this this book voting Absolutely. group. If it was a movie, uh, which I think it is, it is definitely an Oscar bait movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, World to, War me, II. to me, it's like an award. It's like a very prestige book, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those are the books that I read this week and a half, I guess. I recommend... Nice. I do rec like it's good. I just I think I went into it with too high of expectations. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, well, hey, guess how many uh, Academy Awards the English Patient was nominated for? Um, I'm gonna guess five. <laughs> Twelve, and it won nine. Wow! So yeah. It's it is an Oscar bait. Ralph Fiennes is the main character. Wow. Who directed it? Because I'm guessing it won Best Director. Uh, directed by Anthony Magella. Magella. No idea. I don't know who he is either. But. Wow. Yeah. So just like, if an Oscar bait movie was a book, <laughs> this is that book. Got it. Got it. So thanks for joining us. Yep. Hope you have a good week. And we'll see you next week.